and welcome to the Brando and Joe podcast. Today's guest is Paige Matazinski. She's currently a second year master's student in the I.O. program at Hofstra University with Joe and I, and she's also the president of our own I.O. Student Association at Hofstra, interning at Morningside Evaluations and Consulting. Welcome, Paige. Hi, thank you for having me. Hi, Paige. Hi, Joe. So I guess you can start with um, asking you a little bit about that internship with uh, Morningside Evaluations and Consulting. Can you kind of tell us what you do? Sure. So uh, Morningside is an evaluations company that works on, um, they do a couple of things. They evaluate degrees to find United States equivalencies. So people coming into the country will give us their degrees and transcripts, and then we find the United States equivalency. But more of what I do, I did that over the summer, but um, when I moved into my part-time role, I moved into more of a it's a business aspect of it. So people applying for their visa to come into the country, they do, um, there are like eight different visas they can apply for. Some of them are temporary, some of them are permanent, but either way they have to build this whole visa portfolio and they hire a law firm. The law firm hires us. And then I write papers um, alongside professors and my team. And we write things like we look at their resume and ONET and their business experience. And I do my own research. And basically, it's trying to prove that the skills that this person has is going to be valuable for the country and they're going to be valuable for um, what they're coming here to do. So. so for like each person, are you writing not like an essay as source, but is it kind of like a paper? Um, it's kind of an essay. It's like 10 to 12 pages sometimes. The shorter end is like six pages. So, how many of those do you would you have to do like per week? Is it you get like time to kind of like focus on one person? Yeah, they try to um, limit it to four hours an essay, but it depends on the type of visa and the different requirements and how much information each person has. Sometimes you'll get a document and it'll be like five hundred pages, and you have to sort through these five hundred pages to find the important information. So those are going to take more like six hours. But the way that my role works, since I'm part time and remote, is that I get my assignments kind of at the beginning of the week or throughout the week, and then they tell me when it's due. So I'll get it on Wednesday, and then they're like, "We don't need this until Monday," and then I can pick it up and do it whenever I need. So. And looking at that, is that. I guess, where is the content of IO in what you're doing with them? So obviously that sounds like a lot of work. Where where does the IO stuff come in? Yeah, um, I guess at first I wasn't sure. I was like, is this even an IO job? But I guess where I like to see it is I look at a lot of resumes and experience and things like that. And there are a lot of other people in IO that do that in their professions. So I'm getting really good at picking out what's important in resumes and summarizing this information about a person. So it's like their resume tells a story, right? So you're learning more about the person while you're advocating for them. Um, but additionally, I feel like IO's whole goal is to like help people and in this job, I'm helping them with their visa portfolio. So I don't know where you find the time for <laughs> all different things. For those of you who don't know, Paige might be one of the hardest working people that we know at this program. <laughs> Thank you, Joe. I appreciate that. Because oh, you, you also do, um, you, you work at Green, do you still work at Green Turtle? Yeah, I bartend on the weekends. Yeah. And then with the, I mean, being the president, <laughs> and then, I mean, we'll talk about it later. I wanted to talk about the newsletter too, because for yeah. those who haven't seen it, it looks like amazing. Um, 
I don't know how you get it done. <laughs> is there, are there like certain, maybe for incoming grad students who want to kind of get involved with like a lot of things that the program has to offer? Can you give any like tips on how you get it all done? Yeah. Um, I mean, the way you balance things is just kind of time management. I mean, like I'm the graduate assistant it's at school too. And um, there I have quite a bit of downtime. So it's just planning out like, okay, these certain hours of the day, I'm going to dedicate to me. I'm going to make sure that I get to do the things that I need to do today, like cook and meal prep and work out and do anything else so that like, I'm not losing my mind. And then the rest of the day will be working and getting things done and schoolwork and things like that. So it's just a nice balance of finding time for yourself and doing the things you have to do. So Joe kind of talked about it, but I guess we can kind of dig into it. So uh, being the president of IOPSA, I know that that takes up a lot of your time as well. I guess kind of what got you into that and what is a day in the life of being that president of IOPSA? <laughs> That's a good question. Um, oh, and sorry, sorry. For uh, our listeners, IOPSA is our student organization or student association through Hofstra. Yeah, so I guess I got into it, honestly, like the first week that I moved here, I met a few people that were going into the second year and they were like, you'd be a good president. And I was like, I don't even know what that means. Um, and then as the school year went on, I was like, maybe that is something I want to do. And I was the president of a different club in undergrad. So I was like, you know, this is kind of like right up my alley. And then I started looking at all of the opportunities that IOPSA can offer their students. And I was like, yeah, I, I want to bring those opportunities to students. Um, like the newsletter, like Joe mentioned earlier, or just any other mentorship program, different opportunities that we can bring to the table. I just wanted to make sure that they got done and that they were offered to students. So that's what kind of got me into it. Um, as far as a day in the life, it's different every day. Um, it depends on what projects are going on, but definitely delegating, making sure each of my team members, there's five of us, obviously there's president, vice president, secretary, communications chair, and treasurer. And yeah, those are job titles, but we all kind of spearhead our own projects. So it's just overseeing these projects, making sure they're getting done, um, answering any texts or emails that I get throughout the day, whether that be from students asking questions or our advisor, Dr. Salter, asking us questions, things like that. Um, and then also I have my own projects that I spearhead. So, Yeah, you mentioned that mentorship program. Uh, you're actually my mentor, which has been yeah. super beneficial. And is something that's been really awesome for us incoming first years. Uh, it does sound like the your path to presidency is similar to the path that I'm attempting to make once the second year starts. Uh, for those of you that are listening, I'm also I've been talking to Paige about it for a while, but she's been the person who's been helping me kind of see if that's something I want to do. Um, it's definitely something that's really cool uh, that she's been doing, and she's taken the role and made it flourish uh, because I hope so before her was a lot different. And it's really cool to see that the impact that she's had um, with that and with the mentorship program too. Um, you talk about that. What is it like being a mentor? I know I'm one of them and a few of us I know have really appreciated what you've done for us. Um, being a mentor, I honestly kind of wish that this program would have been a little bit different. We had a lot of high hopes for it. And then I think we took on too many projects, but I guess just being there for you guys, like you and my other mentors, just whenever you guys need help or checking in, you're like, oh, I know you have a test this week. Like, are you nervous? Like, how can we like ease these nerves a little bit? Um, providing study tips or 
like our cahoots that we spent hours and hours and hours making last year, just kind of passing on the information that we wish we would have known, I guess. Um, but yeah, just being there for you guys whenever you need it is my favorite part of it. When, as the president, do you get like the creative control to create this mentor program? Like, was that like an idea that came to you or are they, are your advisors telling you like, oh, we want a mentor program. We want like a certain amount of events. How much kind of control do you have over what IOPSA does? We have pretty much complete control. Um, We do have a constitution that IOPSA is supposed to follow. Um, Mentorship program, I believe, is one of the sections in it, but that was just from the people that created the original constitution. It's just like passed down. Um, So the the mentor program has been around for a while, but the general consensus that I've heard from the last few years was, yeah, we had this mentor program, but like, oh, and nothing really happened with it or... Um, I never talked to my mentors. I was assigned this and then we never spoke. Um, so we kind of wanted to change that. And I feel like we didn't change it as much as I'd wanted to this year. Um, and that's what I mean by like, it didn't go quite as well, but from the surveys I sent out recently, it seems like people are decently happy. So I thought it was good. Like <laughs> men, uh, Lynn and Manny, my mentors, and they were super helpful. That's good. But if we have complete control, I know I actually gets like a certain amount of funding. Mm-hmm. My hypothesis is that we kind of like save up all the money and do like IOPSA in Italy. (laughs) The money unfortunately doesn't get passed down to the next group and you only get like 9,000 a year. You always, you have to spend it like you have to pretty much spend it and then it kind of like restarts. Yeah. So like if you're on the board, the board could go to Italy, but I don't know how Hofstra would approve that. It's like, all right, maybe, maybe it's something we put in the back burner. Yeah. <laughs> we'll figure it out for you, Joe, next year. We'll figure it out for you. So uh, with all of that stuff you do for Hofstra, I guess we can kind of talk about undergrad for you and how you ended up at Hofstra. So kind of give us a little bit of a background of your undergrad and what made you choose Hofstra. Sure. Um, so I started at Capital University. It's a small private school in Columbus, Ohio. It's like four miles from Ohio State. Ohio State's a great time. Um, Columbus is a lot of fun. Cute little town if you've never been there. Um, I started in art therapy. I am a big art person. I paint, I draw, and then I discovered that you can combine art with psychology. And I was like, that's really cool. And then I got about two and a half years into the program and realized that art therapy just wasn't my thing. I love it. I'm a big advocate for it. If you're ever interested in doing it, do it. Just being a therapist wasn't something that I thought I was interested in. And then I started looking into clinical psychology because I love working with children. And I did several internships. I worked as a whole year as an APA, ABA psychologist working with children with autism while I was in school. Um, and then the further I get into it, I was like, no, I, I don't think I do want to work with children. Um, it takes a very special person to work in ABA, but I'm not that person. And then I started looking up. I was like, what do I do with my psychology degree? I was like, I don't know what I can do with this. And then I did a quick little Google search. IO popped up. And I was like, wait, that's actually really neat. So I looked into IO more, started looking to master's programs, knew that I wanted to go to either Chicago or New York, got into schools in both places, and then had a nice little giant pros and cons list in my living room wall for like months and then just ultimately ended up deciding Hofstra after I came and visited and saw how pretty the campus was and how close it is to New York City and all of that. And now I'm here. Wow, that's like, 
it's kind of crazy. Like it's very planned out for you. Um, but kind of a little last minute, I guess, because, you know, Joe and I have been talking about this a lot. Uh, there is not much awareness out there for IO and, mm -hmm. and that's kind of our goal with this as well is to build awareness and to try and get people interested, um, because we want the field to grow for all of us. Um, you know, you talked a little bit about art therapy. I know a little bit about how you have an art Instagram account and you do all of the designs also for IOPSA. You know, there could have always been like that other side of going into art, but does it work better as like a passion project for you, you know? Yeah, definitely. I still do commissions, but with how busy I am, I just don't really have time to do art. I'm hoping that when I start my like salary job and graduate, I'll have more time to do that. But it's definitely more just for fun now. I mean, you really show it with like things like the newsletter or um, even if you look at the IOPS at Instagram, just like the podcast, what do you call it? Like a post that you mm, made yeah. in like 25 minutes and it came <laughs> Perfect. Well, um, thank you. <laughs> well, I, just, I, I remember I was talking to Brandon about just the newsletter in general. And I think everyone did a, a wonderful job with like the, the writings and like all the different um things that we had going on. But what stood out was the way that it looked. Like, I don't think people really would have picked it up and read it if it didn't kind of look and was organized the way that it was. Um, so you're going to have to kind of walk us through your process for next year and how we can <laughs> do that on our own. Is there like, is there something that you follow, like that you get inspiration from, or you kind of just sit down and think it through yourself? Um, I kind of like, I started with the template in Canva but the template didn't really match with the content that we were putting in. So I just ended up, um, I mostly used the, the template for like formatting. Um, and then, I don't know, I just kind of had fun with it. But I can walk you through the process, but it's mostly just colors and throwing shapes in there and stuff. But <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm pretty good with that, right? Yeah, no, I, I, I do a little bit of design. I'm nowhere near pages level, but... Uh, I do have a question, though, for you, I guess, because you did say you came to Hofstra, you walked the campus. Uh, did you, you said you also applied to programs in Chicago, is that correct? Mm -hmm. uh, did you go there and take a look at any of their schools? I did not. Um, I got into Chicago Professional School of Psychology, which is a school that I've wanted to go to since I was in high school. Um, but it kind of came down to, like, money. And I grew up going to Chicago. I've been there so many times. I didn't feel like having to go to Chicago for a visit, whereas I'd never been to Long Island before. Um, but my dad ultimately said he would rather, he does not help me pay rent, but this was his scenario. He said, I would rather help you pay rent in New York where you live in a safer area than help you pay rent in Chicago where it's not safe anywhere. <laughs> and that's what he said. And so I ultimately ended up with Hofstra, but it was his decision. <laughs> interesting were you thinking of i know you said you applied to schools in both places was hofstra the only school you applied to or were you thinking about any other ones in new york i think i know they have a couple um nyu baruch Baruch, brooklyn mm -hmm. i wanted nyu and columbia i wanted both of them um i didn't end up finishing the application because i knew that it would be too expensive to go there yeah. so i didn't want to get in and then it would break my heart to say no to columbia so I just, for my own mental sanity, I only applied to schools that I knew would be realistic. No, that, that's, that's a very reasonable. <laughs> I know even Hofstra can get a little expensive sometimes. Oh, definitely. Definitely.
did you uh, when you were comparing these programs and stuff did you look at any of the courses and have them kind of steer you in a direction as well or just because I know we talk a little bit about what you've looked at into going into and I know Morningside evaluations and consulting is a little different than uh, the stuff that you plan on going into I guess could you kind of give our listeners and viewers an idea of what area of IO you're looking at? Yeah, honestly, when I was looking at programs, I didn't look into the coursework as much as I probably should have. I'm very happy with Hofstra, so I'm not upset that I ended up here. But with the little knowledge that I knew from my Google search about IO, I don't know if I'd even know how to compare courses in classes um, and like different schools and things like that. But I definitely think it's useful if you know going into your master's program what you want to study, but I didn't. So it helped me guide this way. Um, Currently, I don't know what I would like to end up in. I'm just kind of applying in anywhere and then wherever I end up right out of school, I don't have to stay there forever. It'll be if I like it, I like it. Or if I don't, I still learn how to do things and I learn more knowledge than I owe. So really anywhere right now. I think that's a really important statement too that i know i don't have as much experience either but what i hear is that like nothing has to be your dream job like the mm-hmm. first thing that you get you know um one of our i forgot who it was maybe one of the professors said that there's no such thing as like a perfect internship um you just have to apply see where you get in and then just get the experience instead of you know just waiting for that right moment that you know exactly like anywhere you go you're gonna learn you're going to learn whether you like it, you don't like it. You're going to still gain tools that you can pass into the next job. So, yeah. Yeah. I know we talked about like those transferable skills and that's been something, I guess, for a lot of us who didn't have IO backgrounds, that's, we probably have to lean on the most when coming into school now. Like I talk about it a lot, but I've like, I coach tennis, Joe, he's, he's working a bunch of different jobs and I know, I know you've gotten a decent amount of IO experience from all of them. Uh, so we can kind of use those to our advantage. You, uh, when you're looking at these jobs and you're applying, I guess, kind of, could you give our viewers and listeners an idea of, cause I, I've talked to you about it, how much you've applied for jobs and how much you've worked at that and how many jobs you've applied to. And you are very, very qualified. Um, so could you kind of give our viewers and listeners some uh, words of encouragement mm-hmm. in such a tedious process. Yeah. Um, when I was applying to internships last summer, I think I started in January or February. Um, and I had many interviews. I had like 10, 15 interviews, maybe more. Um, and I didn't get an actual internship until April, end of April. Um, I think I applied, I was applying to like at least 10 a day um, for months. So like, it was a lot. Um, but I mean, again, like I said, with the job, every interview is good practice. So you can get off the interview and be like, oh, that wasn't my best interview, but what can I take from this? How did I answer that question? How can I answer the question better? Or especially when you're blanket applying and you're doing all these easy apply applications, you don't necessarily know what you're applying for. And then in the interview, they hit you with the, tell me a little bit about our company. Why do you want to work here? And you're like, oh no, like, I don't know what I even applied for. I've applied to so many. And then you have to just kind of straight scrape something together. And that's not how to do it. Um, That's definitely something that you learn along the interview process as well. 
But I mean, keep your head up. You're going to get a job. I mean, you're in a good field. We're all getting master's degrees. You'll find one at some point. So, one thing I found helpful if um, staying organized, we created, Marina and I created like Excel sheets that you just yeah. put, you know, it's, it sounds so simple, but it really is <laughs> so helpful. Anything is just including, just like including the link. I remember there was some stuff that I applied for um, and then I wanted to see like the status of my application and I couldn't find my application. I would go on the website. I would go on like this company internship application and nothing would pop up. So make sure you save your links. Definitely. <laughs> um, yes. Or just having a sheet that just says like the date I applied for. Maybe if I got an interview, like how many return interviews you got and um, just help you in the long run. Yeah, that's definitely helpful. Um. So now for your second year, you're graduating by, well, it's June we graduate, right? May 21st. Oh, May 21st. Has it marked? Yes, I do. <laughs> oh, so it's just for us then, oh, because we have the, the comps. Yes. For, for people to know that at the end of the first year for Hofstra, you have this uh, big final that just, I think it just encompasses all of the first year? Correct. Okay. Um, but... So how, how excited are you? I mean, I know it's probably tough to leave everyone behind, but are, is it like, because you've been in school now for six years, I guess, including undergrad? Yeah. Are you excited to kind of get out into the business world or has like maybe the thought of a PhD ever crossed your mind? No, I'm very excited to graduate and get into the working world. I've been applying the last like month or two to um, positions and salary positions um, I'm definitely excited. PhD, if I were to do a PhD, it'd be in a few years. It wouldn't be immediate or next year. I wouldn't take one gap year. It'd be like at least five years off. Um, and nothing against PhDs. I just don't see myself an academic. And if a business wanted me to get a PhD, I would. Or if I felt the urge to go back to school, maybe, but not in the near future. Yeah, I think I feel the same way. I know we've talked a lot about Brandon and I have talked a lot about whether we want to get a PhD, but I think you really have to be interested in that research aspect. Mm-hmm, definitely. Um, some people are like, oh, I'll just get the PhD and then I'll do this. But it's from what we hear, you know, it's as you get to that level, it's a lot more emphasis on like you just getting the work done yourself. There's not really, you know, like that schedule of someone pushing you, like you really have to be motivated. Um, but yeah, it's not a bad idea at all. Um, it's just, it could be a lot. <laughs> Yeah. And it depends on your path too. Like I, it, for me, I've always looked at teaching and things of that nature. So you have to get a PhD if you're going to do something like that. But mm-hmm. if, if you're not, then it's going to be one of those things where it's, it really is more of just a resume builder and you can decide if you want that extra step or not. Did you, uh, when looking at that, have you done any research or anything like that page or have you been focused like severely on that, um, applied track? Um, mostly just applied, most research I've done has been just for classes or um, I did two thesis projects in my undergrad. So I did a lot of research for that. But as far as like, I've never been a research assistant for professors or anything like that. Yeah, no, uh, I feel like it is kind of one of those things where research is so heavily focused for IO because it is important, but also like we have such an applied program that you don't even need it. Like you can be so highly qualified and not have any research experience. And Hofstra, I think, does a really good job at showing that, like preparing you to wa- walk into the workforce. Um, I know 
we take some pretty awesome classes this semester. Joe and I have like motivation, training and development, selection. Uh, with like that course load that we have had and you've already been through um, with your last semester, can you look back and think of what has been the most beneficial or your favorite classes that you've taken so far that have kind of prepared you to graduate? Yeah. Um, I feel like all of the classes are so like intricately put together that each one offers you such different skills that you're going to be using. Um, personally, I think one of my favorite classes was probably work motivation that you guys are in right now. Um, you just learn so many theories and learn so many reasons why people are motivated to go to work. And I feel like that's the whole goal of IO. Like, why do people want to be at work? Um, how can we get them to want to be there? So I just, that class was really good. Um, tests are hard, but you guys will be fine. Um, other than that, and all of the other classes, I really appreciate the seminar class that we take the second year because it's rotating teachers, it's rotating content, you get a little bit of everything, you learn market research and leadership and Excel and all, all things like that. Right now we're taking HR, so it's just the different little things that they teach you and they make sure you learn before you go into the world, so. Yeah, I mean, like we we talk about that preparation and stuff, you know, a lot of people came from a psychology background, so I feel like I, Hofstra kind of helps prepare you for that business side a lot more than a lot of other programs do too. I know Joe and I talked to one of our guests, Shalin, and he, they have like a similar class where they have people come in and talk. Um, I, I didn't realize that we had some similarities in our programs because um, I don't know about you guys, but when we were researching, did you guys see like anything at Seattle Pacific? Like, do you see, did you see they had a program? Cause I didn't even find that when I was doing all of my research and, but they have like all these classes and they do stuff like that too. Um, for the seminar class, how many different speakers did you have? We have three in the first semester. And then this semester, it's just HR. And then we have ethics. Oh, ethics is split with HR? No, we those are the two like seminar classes we have. Ethics is five weeks. And then HR is the whole semester. Is there anything after ethics? Or is it just it's done right after that? Nope, it's just the first five weeks of classes and then it's over. Oh, wow. That's super cool. Uh, and Dr. Nolan's teaching that for you guys this semester, right? Yeah, it's his first semester teaching it. So uh, for those of you guys listening, Dr. Nolan is one of our professors. And uh, for our program, they kind of call it more of the sandwich technique where he teaches the outside courses. So Joe and I had him last semester and then we'll have him the very last semester um, and then we have Dr. Salter, who's teaching work motivation right now, and we'll have him next semester as well. Uh, what course does he teach, teach next semester? Uh, Dr. Salter? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. You're putting me on the spot. I can't think of. Oh, my gosh. What is it? Uh, he's going to watch this and he's going to be like, Paige, how dare you? <laughs> oh, my gosh. I can't think of it right now. I'm so you sorry. We'll, we'll let it, you know. <laughs> it'll it'll pop in my head, I promise. <laughs> yeah, we'll, I did we'll a whole class on it. I got an A in it, I swear. <laughs> <laughs> I remember you guys talking about how, how that class was, and it was very helpful and also very difficult. <laughs> yeah. No, that's good. The, Dr. Salter's great. We, I'm I'm very excited to learn from him. He's uh when I when I looked at this program, he was actually the first professor I talked to. I we had a there was a town hall meeting. And I had just applied to the program 
and it was like it was back in june or july so i was still waiting to hear back and i went to the town hall meeting to basically try and like pitch myself to push my <laughs> my application through and i went and i talked to dr salter for only like a brief couple of minutes but it was actually really cool because he got me even more excited about the program yeah he does that he definitely is very passionate about io and all of that and i remember it was work performance and we did like <laughs> performance like management systems and things like that when you were looking at other colleges and we've learned from talking from other students that from what we know hofstra is like the classes are all laid out for us but then other schools i, I think it was um Brooke. was it sean too or maybe it was allison who said that they got to actually pick their own classes mm-hmm yeah, I think is uh, there, Baruch, is it, very, Baruch has a, that, that's what Allison said. They have a, a lot of courses to pick and they can kind of even pick outside of their IO stuff too. So I don't know which one the norm is. If it's like, is it usually maybe set out for us or um, do other colleges get to pick and we're kind of like unique? Um, but did you like that about Hofstra that like you kind of just had your schedule put out for you and then you just showed up? Like there wasn't that really that, I don't know if it would be stressful, but just like that, that you would be able to pick your own classes. Yeah, I I honestly really like it. I also like that we stay with the same cohort throughout our entire entire time here. You know what to expect. You know what groups you work well with. You're getting to know these people really well. Like when I graduate, I know all of them so well. And there's 30 people. Like that's crazy. Um, but I also love that Hofstra does that because we don't have the option to specialize, which I understand the appeal. If I would have known more about IO, maybe I would have chosen a track to specialize, but I like that we have this generalized area of knowledge because let's say I specialized in HR and then I get a job in training. I don't know as much about training because I took all of my classes in HR. Whereas mm-hmm. this, I know a little bit about HR, a little bit about training. And if training stuck out to me, I can specialize in training after I graduate and learn more about training on my own. So there's definitely benefits to both, but. Yeah, I guess I never thought about it that way, but I do feel kind of like prepared for any internship that comes my way or hopefully prepared, you know, by the time we come up to our second year. Um, but yeah, I, I would think I'd agree with you. I think I like that, you know, we kind of have a little bit of everything. Um, one thing that I want to ask, because I know you brought up um, using Excel in one of your, I think it was maybe a project. Do you feel like you're prepared uh, technically? With like, or did you have to like kind of learn these skills or is it something that you're even thinking about, whether it's Excel or I know, I don't think we learned it this year, but did you guys learn R? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, we, I don't know if I would say I'm prepared. Like if you gave me any project right now in Excel, I'd definitely be Googling and trying to figure it out, but I have had a nice introduction to these things. So now I know what to expect. Like I know that R has weird quirks about it. So if I leave out a comma, I know it's not going to input. And then now if somebody tells me to use R, I'll be like, oh, I left out the comma. I remember that. So I don't know if I'm necessarily fully ready, but I like know what to expect, I guess. No, yeah, that that's great. I think, I think that's honestly a lot of people in the working world too, that they think like all these masters of these technical skills, but in reality, a lot of people end up just Googling stuff that you feel like you kind of learned like your first day of classes yeah yeah i think it's one of those things we can really pick up quick like joe said if you can google it in class and 
and that's something our generation definitely has to its advantage. I feel like we're very adaptable, very fast. <laughs> I think COVID helped with that as well, but yeah. very adaptable, very fast. <laughs> well, and this program does a good job of like providing you with resources that you can use later. Like when you take seminar class next year and you have Dr. Meltzer, he gives you this like he calls it, I think he calls it like his Excel cheat sheet or something like that. And it's like this huge document with, if you need to do this, this is how you do it. And it's like this whole thing that I'll forever have downloaded on my computer. So if I need to know how to do Excel, I can just reference his cheat sheet. Oh, that's that's awesome. Uh, so we don't want to take up too much of your time. We have, we have one more question for you. Um, I guess we know PSYOPs coming up. What are your plans for that? Are you excited for it? Um, are you going? Like, just kind of to see if maybe we'll get to see you there, do a podcast episode with you over there. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm super excited. I will be at PSYOP in Boston. Um, we just got our Airbnb, me and a bunch of other people in our cohort. Um, just signed up for the thing, registered, registered to be part of the mentor program and everything else that they ask you in the thing. So I'm definitely excited to see a lot of the alumni that I've connected with, but also to see people in other programs and meet some of the um, people that stand out at the companies that I hope to work for. I think SIAP will just be a great like networking event. So, Yeah, we're, we're very excited. I know for us, it's going to be our first time. Is this your first one? Yes. The other one was in Seattle last year. And I think only like three people from Hofstra went. Um, it was just like a weird space because of COVID and it's so far from New York. So it was kind of hard to gather people to go. So I didn't get to go last year. Oh, then we'll, we'll get to experience that together. Yes, um, definitely. It's nice that it's so close. Yes. Um, so it's going to be like a four hour drive, I think, from Hofstra. Mm -hmm. Something about that. Yeah, no, it's very close. We, uh, lastly, we just kind of wanted to give you the floor. Um, if there's anything you're very excited about that you're working on projects or work related or anything like that, that you want to share with our viewers, like you, you have the floor to talk about it. Sure. Um, I guess what comes to mind is the newsletter. We have another one coming out on March 1st and then which Joe and Brandon are both writing for it. So keep an eye out for that. And then we have another newsletter coming out in May. So we have two coming out this semester, which is super exciting. And then other than that, I don't know, I guess we'll see. That's exciting. Well, you also are graduating. So that yes, is also graduating, of course. Very, very awesome. Very, very <laughs> awesome. Well, we want to thank you so much, Paige. Thank you so much for joining us today and taking some of your day with us. Um, is there anything you want for her, Joe? Anything you have to say for her? No, she did a great job. We'll make sure to put your LinkedIn in the in the bio. People could reach out if you have any questions. At this point, I feel like Paige is a master of IO and has <laughs> answered all of our questions. <laughs> Not quite yet. <laughs> um, but no, thank you for spending some of your day with us. We really of appreciate it. Thank you guys for having me. Thank you, Paige. Bye. Bye. So thank you for everyone listening. Um, it was great talking to Paige. She always has so much to offer. Uh, I know we brought it up, but she is probably one of the busiest grad students that we know. Um, I, we, we met her the first, before even classes started, we met her at, what was what was the place called? It was some beach. Oh, the Salt Shack, yep. Salt Shack, yeah, not beach. Um, and she was great at just telling us about the information, about like what to expect. Uh, I don't know, maybe not overwhelming is the right word. 
Um, but I was like, oh, Paige is doing so much. Like, I got to do so much. <laughs> oh, 100%. I feel like she sets the tone for the program. And uh, it's really awesome. She just does so many things. Like, you even hear about her art therapy stuff that she started with and does art commissions. <laughs> like, that's just on the side. Like, we learned that today. The fact is, is she's just one of the coolest people. She really sets a big tone for our program and really gives us all really good insight onto what to expect like when we're going to graduate and going through the program in general i feel like she really has helped us out don't you agree yeah i would definitely suggest whether you're a prospective student um or just in the field of io to connect with Paige and just ask her about what she does and she's bound to give you just some sort of insight yeah like i i know for me the second i got into the program uh, and i was scrambling to try and find a place to live she I, she was the first person I messaged and I was like talking to her and she was actually trying to get me in at one of her places because they had like an extra room potentially open and she was trying to reach out to people for me and like she she was great. She really helped me out and got me in contact with people and got me in contact with one of the people that I live with now. Like so she's just um, a great resource to have. Um, I feel like she, she wants to keep her email there for you guys. So she'll have her email in the bio as well. If you guys want to take a look, reach out to her. If you have any questions about Hofstra, she is your person to go to for sure. Yeah, absolutely. But, uh, I'm really happy we got her uh, time, honestly, like for, for her to give us time, like she's like on a work day, on a, like she really, she's really such an amazing person. No, yeah, absolutely. Um, but thank you guys for listening again and we'll uh, catch you next Friday. Yep, thank you.